for the exact same crime at the exact same age, you'll have a black man and you'll have a white man. White men will get two years, whereas black men will get 37. The, the, the population that doesn't really normally experience this is starting to see this stuff, just like the population that was silent started to hear Martin Luther King Jr. Now we have a majority of the population actually seeing the videos of police brutality. Right now, there's not a next video. Right now, there's this video and this reality. And then you know, doing the research, you realize that this is not a now problem. This has been a problem, period. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Moderate Millennials, episode 10. Uh, last episode, we talked about something that was very serious, and we are going to continue that same conversation. Uh, we've looked all over on the internet and wanted to see what was big for you guys, and these riots are what we want to discuss. A lot is happening in our country, and we wanted to give this topic a fair, and we wanted to continue this conversation. A lot of discussion out there, whether or not people agree or condone the riots, or at least the violence, and the difference between protesting and rioting, there is a lot to talk about. I'm joined today with my co-host, Jonathan. And hey, hey, everyone. And our guest, Topez, which is back from Hi. episode nine. Thank you guys for joining me. No problem. They, they have a lot of information saved up. And guys, go ahead and uh, t lead us into it. What, what, uh, what, what is the uh, topic for today? So what we want to talk about today is we want to bring light to the things that are going on in the modern age. And we want to show people that this isn't new that this is something that's been going on over the course of time now. And some of these issues are very similar. Some of them are different, but it's important that we understand our history and we understand the history of protesting and rioting, the purpose of what both are, the, the emotions behind it, the fuel that drives it, the instances that ignited that fuel and caused the riot or caused the protest, the injustices that have continually been happening over and over again. And it's, it, it's really cool because before we decided to do this, we, I personally was not as aware and educated on a lot of these issues that we're going to talk about today prior to this, because if I'm being honest, uh, I just didn't, I, Nowhere in the school system do we talk about riots, uh, no. except maybe outside of like, I you know I was talking about it earlier the the Watts riots or in the the, the Rodney King in the nineties like those are yeah. the the ones that I'm familiar with right that's you know that's been media publicized so on, and so I thought who would be a great expert someone who would have an opinion on this and so. Last week, uh, you know, she did such a great job. So we wanted to bring Topaz in here and have her give another perspective, once again, different from ours, which we always value on some of these situations and these riots and the protest and where they come from, where they're trying to go, what we're trying to, what they're trying to accomplish, what was trying to be accomplished, I should say. And so Topaz, why don't you Tell us a little bit about uh, where you're coming from and what you're hoping to accomplish here. I would 
just like to point out that there's a cons- this is this is a cycle and it's consistent and you know I'm not surprised that a lot of people don't know about these historical riots you know if you're not fed this in school then you're not going to know like you're going to have to look it out look, I mean search it out um <clears throat> so I think it's important and a lot of these riots have a lot in common like um, as I was looking through some just to getting getting dates, you know, the, the same thing that was repeated was it's usually a low income neighborhood, not a lot of resources, low employment rates, high crime rates and over policing. Um, so I don't know where you want to start. I have uh, what the we can start with the red summer. But you know what? Let's. I like the kind of like going in like numerical order. Okay. Kind of thing. Let's go uh, back to the first one. What's the earliest riot on record? And what was it about? So, I, I, I think I said earlier, I don't know for certain, like I, you'd have to fact check me on this, but I'm pretty sure it was like around 1900 and it was about eggnog and it was in <laughs> New York. Um, the first, the first like, the first one that really stuck out to me and I think maybe it's because of my like military background was in 1917 in Houston, there was a riot where world war two world, I'm sorry, world war one veterans or not veterans, but soldiers were in the city of Houston and they had a day pass right to go and just have a free day. And Throughout this day pass, like uh, things happen. Uh, the details, uh, I'm un- exactly unaware of, but essentially one of the soldiers was harassed by police officers. It escalated. Uh, they didn't kill him, but they injured him and arrested him. And so a lot of the other soldiers who, I also forgot to mention, this is essentially a whole unit of black soldiers right it's a whole okay. they're all, all the soldiers in this unit are black and they're and the out cop, in houston I guess i'm assuming the cop was white yes and and they're in houston in 1917 this is a very like still very racist and segregated like place as is most of the country still at this point as well and sure. so they they saw this harm being done to their fellow service member and something something snapped and they uh, the riot ensued and essentially uh there was some rioting going on into the streets of Houston and these these soldiers they decided to to fight back and there was a serious reprimand there for them uh some of them were were hung and some of them were kicked out of the military but what what stuck out to me is, and this is just a pattern throughout history that we'll find as we continue to talk about this, is that none of the white conspirators were charged with anything. None of them were blamed for anything. None of them had to go through a due process. And especially as the instigators as well. And if you if you decide after hearing this that you wanna do a little bit more research, the research is out there for time purposes, we're here to summarize uh, s- certain events. And so that was the first one for me in 1917 that really kind of stuck out. 
beginning of like a new era and this stuff is happening and from there topaz is going to go into you know an, another big riot but it just like she stated earlier there's a, a certain theme of consistency here that if you pay attention you will start to gather so yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, so out of all of these riots that you guys are researching and looking up, um, how many of them, just off the top of your head, would you say are race-related? Most of them. In the them. last hundred years. Yeah, most of I, them? I would say about 80% oh, of wow. them. Okay. While I was here, – here's something funny. So there – this is kind of unrelated, but since we're all in Indiana, there have been a few riots here in Indiana. One of them was in Evansville, a couple of them in Indianapolis. Those actually really weren't race-related. Those were, like, union-related. Uh, and so it, it seems that most of the riots that I, I did look at were either some type of job relation or a race race you know base so okay i i agree with topaz that it's it's too many not to notice like a pattern of consistency with how everything is being treated whether the riot was in 1917 like the first or 1900 like the first one we talked about or 2020 we're still doing it the same way we're still antagonizing we're still not supporting and as a result there's a group of people who feel attacked and and, and obviously that equality is not there and so there's an uprising right. and then it's squashed and then it happens it's like this 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 like this just pattern of like familiarity that we talked about and i think that it you know kept out of school books for a reason because I don't think that they want to realize or recognize the pattern that's taking place. They don't want to see that there is a issue. I don't think that they want to realize that America has been very racist in its past um, and these riots are because of it. So in 1919 was the Red Summer in Washington, D.C. All these Black soldiers were returning from World War One, um, coming back to the United States in the South, um, trying to fight Jim Crow and uh, trying to, you know, pull themselves up by their by their bootstraps, and um, a group of white drunk sailors came into town and started assaulting people, killing people, all black people. Um, the black soldiers literally like were on the rooftops as snipers trying to protect these people. They were around Spelman College. Um, and it was like, it seems to be a consistent thing. And then these soldiers were killed and like the, the white soldiers, you know, didn't face any reprimand um, for going in and killing all these people, like lynching. And it's it's a lot to take in to realize that it's happening more and more and people aren't realizing that black people have been treated this way for a very long time. Um, I it's, guess I say. It, when I read about the, like the Tulsa, like that's, I, I it's, we're, we're saying the same thing. I just know it is the Tulsa riot. It's that, you know, they talk about it being like the Black Wall Street, like this, this was a time when the Black community actually was like beginning to 
from just from the research and I could be wrong here, but it seemed like they were starting to thrive as you know, you call it like this was the most prominent and wealthy black area and community in the US as I read. And as soon as it seems like as soon as white people got a chance, they just like go in there and they destroy it based off of really it, it like you see a you see it here it's it's almost like out of fear like for whatever reason w- white people are afraid that the like the black community once it becomes prosperous once you know like i guess you would say like the 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 playing field is even i i think that might be the right terminology that it it's automatically going to be this this terrible and and horrible thing right and and we don't have any evidence based off of that i i can understand why they would think that because when you oppress someone for years and years and years you probably are afraid of that repercussion right but they go in and they destroy these communities and something that i want to really emphasize right now while we're talking about it is that through the the course of these riots and the course of the destruction done, because a lot of what you'll see too is you is is we hear race riots, and so automatically I think that it's like all right, black people are involved, you know, uh, some other people are involved, but a lot of really what it is is like pissed off white people like going in, like causing damage, doing violence, leaving, and then leaving the the trail of shit in their wake where now these houses are being burned and now these houses now these people don't have anything the government now doesn't support them you know there's no there's no assistance at this time for them and so their homes are destroyed their livelihoods are destroyed The, the 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 community is now so dangerous and then they're just left and 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 they're left to fend for themselves and that's that's another theme that I want to make known now, because as we continue to talk, that will continue to be evident as well. So, I mean, I think it's it's consistent if you want to talk about, you know, riots and kind of like the destruction of African-American communities. Um, and as Jonathan was talking, it made me think of the MOVE movement in Philadelphia. I don't know if you've all heard of that. Um, but sorry, it was a commune in Philadelphia and they didn't interact well with the police. It was men, women, and children. And the Philadelphia police cleared out two city blocks to drop a, um, something on fire on top of their commune. And they called the fire department, but like the chief PD was like, no, let the fire burn and pretty much burned oh down God. two city blocks. Um, I believe 11 people died and one kid got out and then one lady got out. So, I mean, that's something to think yes. about too. So, I mean. That that was happening as well in Tulsa. There was private planes dropping explosives of I, I am unaware of the exact type, but it does state here in the research that they were there was explosive being dropped from like air, private airplanes. And it says that just there, right? So there's in this community, 36, 36 total deaths, you know, 26. Here's a number that is, is important, right? 26 black deaths, 10 white deaths. And so 
you got to think that even as angry as a community is it could be right which is justified they're probably not going to lash out on themselves right like they're they're, they're going to defend themselves and so you, you see here by the number of like that the excessive number of black people who are dying that they're the like it it's an attack on them here like the, the evidence is there am i making sense like how i'm communicating yeah. this like they're they're dying in a larger number which is is like evident that they are the ones that are being attacked they're the ones that are like being constantly like prosecuted or persecuted and oppressed it's not it's we think like you know i'm just saying it again when i think of the race riots i'm thinking like black people uprising and like defending themselves but that from the research i've done once again i'm speaking just from what i think i know is that it's it's that's not the case most of the time the case appears to be that the they're riots but they're defending themselves and it's like nobody else is going to defend me i have to do it myself is it better to be like to fight back and and maybe go to jail or maybe get away from it or to be dead you know that's like a real that's a very harsh and I know I'm kind of talking here, but I feel like some type of way about it. like, that's like a very harsh reality to accept, you know, where you have to make the decision. And it's like that fight or flight instinct that everyone has is that you have to make a decision, whether like what the priority is, is, is life a priority? I'm going to do everything I can to preserve it. Or am I going to roll over because I'm being oppressed and I feel, and, and the, the, it's not like the opportunities aren't there for me. So, or my people. It's so it, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that like the, that these right, like that, that this is happening in a way that like that they, like that, that the black community feels some type of way. Like, I don't know how to like say that in like a very professional manner, but once again, there's a consistency here that I was completely like ignorant to. Like, I mean, but just like think of yeah. that implicit bias that you had that when you hear race, I can't even say it, race riot, you automatically think black people rising up, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is, it's unintentional, but it's racist because most of the time it's it's not us. Like if we look back, and I don't want to say it's us versus them, but a lot of times it's usually black folks minding their business, trying to mind their business, and somebody white not liking it. And then, you know, let's round up the posse and go teach them a lesson. And, you know, there doesn't seem to be any punishment for those who go out and initiate and instigate. But... There. The whole narrative is shifted, it seems like. It seems like the narrative is shifted, like what you're saying against people of color. And I think media has a lot to do with that, you know, how how we're portrayed, how we're, you know, put into these boxes to, you know, a stereotype. And so, yeah. Like, just look look at what's happening now, like with the riots now, like when George Floyd was killed, everyone, even the people, the opposition were silenced because they had nothing to say. There was no good defense to defend the the policemen who killed George Floyd. But as soon as the protests happened, and as soon as there's one sign of violence, the media totally changes. It goes, oh, 
the violence. Oh, they didn't have to make it violent. Oh, now that they went violent, now everything goes out the window. And let's let's be clear, we do not condone riots. We 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 think that peaceful protest is the way to go. What we're trying to understand with this podcast is the mentality and the 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 background, the context of what's happening historically in the last hundred years. So I, I totally see what you guys are saying. There is that 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 bias there that like Amanda said this last time on the show, she said one of the biggest signs of privilege is that you're just able to walk away from it. And the fact that these riots could end today and me being white, I'm probably not going to have, it's not going to affect me. It's going to affect the people of color trying to fight for something, fight for change, fight for, you know, um, what they feel they, they deserve. Absolutely. I, I, I want to, that like that right there like that that mentality like i'm not saying this is you because i don't think that you meant it like in any type of negative way but that's the wrong mentality to have it's, it's the wrong like, mentality but but it's I, happened over and over and over again that's that's what you thank you for giving me credit there um that's well, not what i meant to say no i, said, I know i know the reality I, that we is hot take here hot take topaz hot take don't be upset with me if you don't agree George Floyd may have maybe have a bigger impact on the progression of the black community than Martin Luther King. I mean, because it's 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 it, it only because it's social media. It's it more people have access to what's going on right now. More people can see. Not that he was the philanthropist, not that he was the motivator, not that he was the, the leader and the example, but simply as a result of his death, the unfortunate circumstances behind it, and the fact that right now the country has been in COVID quarantine and we have nothing going on, and you cannot deny, and you cannot deny the way he died when you watch that video and 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 because there's nothing else going on right now other than, than that and covid when that happened is that people would watch that video and well we didn't I, get the privilege of getting martin luther king killed on a video so right. I, I mean i my thing is we use martin luther king as this epitome of black people protesting peacefully and you know that's what a lot of people like to use as you know oh well it should be peaceful martin luther king was peaceful like let's talk about white people's that's a lot of white people's argument right now too were were all his protests peaceful can we discuss Uh, them okay yeah i feel like they were they were peaceful until the like the very end he was assassinated um, he was shot in a hotel room. He he was alive when he got to the hospital, but the um, staff at the hospital let him die. Um, but he was peaceful. But let's talk about like Malcolm X as a person too, right? Let's talk yeah. about what the Black Panther movement did for Black people too, um, other than just this kind of idealized Martin Luther King. I think the difference with George Floyd is all those things that you said, I can't say his name, George Floyd, um, is that there's media now and it was recorded and it went out 
immediately to all these people to where you couldn't look away. So you couldn't change the narrative, even though they're still trying to do that by saying, oh, he must have had something in his system. They're trying to justify what could have he had done wrong or what could he have done differently not to have lost his life. I think that people are going to remember his name. I think more white people are going to remember his name, but Black people know these names of people who have been killed unjustly. Emmett yeah. Till, like all the, a list of people. So like he might be this icon for the movement for white people because you guys are paying attention now, but it's more than just him. There's it's, a list of it, people behind him. I let me rephrase that then. So what I mean to say is that George Floyd will, will have more of an impact on how white people perceive this movement yeah. Yeah. Than, than anything else. And that that's what I, what I was getting across is what you said. Like, thank you for giving me a different light on. I don't want to, think anybody think that I'm implying anything, but it, it, I will, I will admit, and this is just as me speaking as a human, like I, and I, and, we, and you and I have had this conversation personally, I have been a person in the past who has just been quiet. Like sure. I have, like I have black friends that I'm very close with Topaz, you and I are very close. I never, I, n- I never feel that I would I would treat you any type of way any differently based on uh, on any like color, sexuality, creed, so on and so forth. But I've also never stuck up for you as a black woman or as a black person, right? And it wasn't until that all of this started happening, right? That I I don't know exactly what it was that shifted this perspective that I that I now have that I didn't have then. It, it could have been the podcast. It could have been the fact that you can't change the narrative. Like, you know what we like people want to say, Oh, like, did he reach in his pocket or, right. you know, like what, like you were saying, like, was he on drugs? Isn't that like the, the guy, if I, I know what people on drugs look like. That the guy ain't was it. begging. That for ain't mama. it. Yeah. That is not life. Yeah. it. And so you, if you have life experience, you, you, you can't change that. You can't change that narrative. And so I'm, I want to like shift to what I said is he's more impactful to white people than, and I hate, and you know what, I'm going to say this too. I hate that white people use that Martin Luther King, like, Oh, he, he, uh, you know, he had so many impactful, peaceful protests and things like that. Well, and I may be stepping out of line here. And so if I am, but, aren't we st- how impactful was that because i feel like we're still doing it like we're we're still here talking about like that that same thing so peaceful protest although that is the way that we should do it there need there's got to be more you know what i mean like not that riots are the answer but the thing that annoys me yeah. about this whole, you know, this this media play plays this protest as a bunch of rioters, a small percentage of the peaceful protesters are actually rioting and breaking. And yes, that is bad. That's awful. Like when, when nobody wants that to happen. But if you compare the numbers, it is still a, an overwhelmingly majority of people are peaceful protesting. 
then the dark comes and uh, those small percentage of people like why does that small minority percent of the protest represent the majority when you know all these other 80 90 percent of the protesters are like hey we're not partaking in that violence we're trying to get things done why doesn't that get the media attention and i'll tell you why it's because the narrative is being pushed like what we discussed earlier that like that it's easy to just go oh you know they're 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 elite they're criminals so everything that they say goes out the window because they're and i think that people want to put a face to the looting right and they and i think a lot of people automatically assume that mm-hmm. it was all people of color and then it started coming out that it was like these like it's it's that we're like burning down the, the North Carolina state house and then you know that are like inciting violence. There was a video of these people who are riding around in a car handing out bricks to little black boys, telling them oh that God. oh go go break a window. And this black woman walked up to them, like, what are you doing? Like this could get them killed, and she gives the brick back to them. It's it's you're being we're being fed information that's not fully transparent right um isn't it isn't it like it's it's crazy that like this is really happening to like you if you do a simple search on the internet like it's real like there are these white supremacist groups that are going in and inciting violence through destruction inciting violence and the riots they're smashing windows they're playing on the emotions of people and trying to create that herd mentality, like I'm doing it now, you do it, and then they sneak off into the back and they go to a different area. That let like the fact that that is happening, and whether the government's involved in that or if it's like a privatized thing, shows you that how big like this picture is, like how how serious some people like really like the 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 amount of effort and like intentionalness like that people are going through to oppress like the black community for absolutely it doesn't seem like there is any any like reason other than just like blatant like ignorance and racism like or the way it's always been or yeah it's like this it's it's very off balance like the justice system like okay say we get arrested all right we get booked for the exact same crime at the exact same age you'll have a black man you'll have a white man white men will get two years whereas black men will get 37 so it's it's this you know it's also with the privatized prisons the more bodies that i can put in this jail the the richer i will be and you know from what I'm used to seeing that's portrayed to me, these little black boys and brown boys and brown girls are thugs and they're doing this and they're out to no good. So let's just get them off the street. So I think we we need to touch base on Stonewall because I don't know how many people know, but Stonewall was a bar in New York City um in 1969 and it was a safe haven for the lgbtqa um community and you know when they would be kicked out of their homes from their parents and they they had a place to go um it was run by the mafia and the mafia was in cahoots with the police and they would plan these raids um 
But the owners would always let the patrons know, like, hey, just so you know, the police are coming. Do what you need to do. Um, But on this night, they didn't let the patrons know. And the police busted in, arrested all these people, um, said, you know, if you're dressed like a woman, but you don't have woman parts, then you will be arrested. Um, Took those people in the back room and made them show them their business. And... um, that's all we have pride today because Marsha P. Johnson threw the first stone and started the Stonewall riots where a bunch of people were arrested. Um, people were throwing pennies at the cops and oinking at them. Um, so that's something to like now we went from that, the Stonewall riot, just asking for equality how, and equal rights. and to be How treated long family. did that riot last and how large was it? Mm, I don't know if I have the numbers, but I might be able to find them for you right now. I think that it was about three days. I don't think that it was overly violent. I think that mm-hmm. it was, I think that it, they, they, as you're looking it up, Tope, as you can correct me uh, once you get the information, but from what I read, I believe they locked themselves in the stone wall, like the actual, like the building and they were protesting. They wouldn't leave. And then uh, some people had got arrested and, and then it broke up the next day, people came back and then uh, people in that community, they came and like started round, like getting people involved to kind of give voice to the community, like, hey, like solidarity, come here, like support, like we're being harassed. And I think it, I, I think it lasted about three days or so. Yes. So um, when police raided Stonewall in, the morning of June 28th, it was a surprise. Um, arrested 13 people, including employees and people violating the state's gender appropriate clothing statute. Um, and I think that was it. Um, at one point, Pride, yeah, that's why like Pride that, Month is in June, then yes, because it happened in June. Okay, I did not know that. That's interesting. Um, you know that they used to not even be able to serve alcohol to to gay people in New York. Yep. It was actually illegal to serve alcohol to gay people, and something something happened where I guess like these businesses just started operating without liquor license, and oh, wow. so just so the government could make money, they allowed it. But they it's. It's unreal if you look throughout the history, like just how, and it's not even, it's just like oppression, you know, it's just like oppression, regardless of like, it's kind of embarrassing, uh, like, in a sense, like, my people like, because as you talk about it, it's like, it doesn't matter if you're like Asian, if you're, if you're Hispanic, if you're, if you're African American, if you're, you know, if you're gay, this or that, like, white people are just like trying to hold you down. You know, it's like, if you think about the Asian community during World War II, we locked them up in camps. Yeah. If you think about, for example, uh, I wanted to go over this really quick. Just the segregation incident with a little girl or three little kids in Texas. And it was a little bit, I think it was in the 50s when a school in Dallas, I'll be very brief, a school in Dallas desegregated their school, three black children wanted to attend that school a circuit a federal circuit court made it legal like it was a federal law that they had to desegregate and allow all colors into this school the mayor of i want to actually look it up was it uh, 
it's it's the Mansfield School desegregation incident in 1956, and the mayor of Dallas broke federal law. Okay, broke federal law, brought in the the Texas Rangers to protect this school along with a militia of civilians, so that these three black children could not attend the school. So, I want to. For people who have an excuse about why we're, you know, like, oh, why you wouldn't want black people in there or this or that, like, these are children, like people are innocent until they're taught not to be, you know what I mean? Like, that's just like, it doesn't matter what you're born as, what color this, that, like, you don't know hate until you're taught it, right? I think we all can agree on that. Sure. And that the, a mayor, the mayor of this city decided that it was so important to keep these black children out of this school that he brought in Texas Rangers, broke federal law, and then shut down this school 10 years later because they couldn't, they shut down because they stopped giving funding to this school, right? So it's not even just like in riots in the way that like this oppression is is evident, right? It's like in the little things too. And mind you, once again, a pattern of consistency, nothing happened to that mayor. Nothing sure. happened to those park rangers, right. and that school was shut down because it's not it, it didn't desegregate. So I was just trying to think of a where we could go from here. Let's talk about Martin Luther King because that is that is one era that we are taught about the protests. That that from my layman's perspective, I think the most that we accomplished when it comes to race relations was probably during the era of Martin Luther King Jr. Is that correct, or has there was there a big change after or before that? Like, or is during the era of Martin Luther King Jr. is that where this country saw the most reform with with desegregation? I think it's been a, a it's I wouldn't put pinpoint it. I think it's been like a gradual kind of continuum of okay we'll go we'll give you a little bit more okay you upset then okay you're upset again we'll give you a little bit more um i would say for like the martin luther king movement it's because that's kind of when people had tvs in their in their house and you could see it and you know you saw the the million man march on washington You, you see you know this educated black man getting up speaking in front of all these people and you kind of have to pay attention so i think that's because people had to start paying attention during that civil rights movement that's where it gained momentum um do you think that makes sense do you think what the television did for the martin luther king jr movement that we're kind of seeing the same thing but this time with smartphones and police brutality like are we start, are we starting to get the message out there and getting like the, the 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 population that doesn't really normally experience this is starting to see this stuff just like the population that was silent started to hear Martin Luther King Jr. Now we have a majority of the population actually seeing the videos of police brutality, you know, of young black men getting shot and oh wait there was no gun or about like uh, police reports clearly contradicting what the video shows and people are starting to wake up and go huh maybe maybe they were maybe all those stories they were saying about how they're being persecuted and you know miss uh maybe those are true yes and i also think that this is starting you know a record of of 
holding police accountable or holding these officers accountable for what they're doing. Because if I have my camera on you, you know, this is recorded. So whatever you do, I'm going to have documentation. Um, So I think that makes a huge difference because, you know, how many young black men have been shot on Facebook live? Like, I think that it, it just makes it spread easier. We have it in front of us. So we can't look away. It's like a car crash that we have to continue to watch. Um, so I think, you know, that's what it is. And then we share it because we're angry. Look at how, look at this. I can't believe it. And how many views did those videos get? So I think that the internet and smartphone capabilities and technology are going to play a role in the movement. Um, and I think it's interesting that if, I think I read somewhere, I haven't tried it, that if you like tell Siri that I'm being pulled over by the cops, she'll immediately open up and I wonder if that works um, and start recording because, you know, let's see. Hey, Siri. I'm being pulled over by the police. It doesn't work. She ain't real. She ain't real. Right? (laughs) Debunked here on the Moderate Millennials podcast. You heard it first, everybody. Fact checked. So, like, uh, so let's get back. Um, I want to know if it hasn't already happened. What do you guys hope is going to be the biggest change, the biggest growth that comes out of the 2020 riots? If it hasn't already happened. People realizing that racism is alive and real in this country and that Black people face microaggression on the daily um, and that we in no way are asking for, you know, more justice and equality than anybody else. We just want, you know, as American citizens, our rights. Right. I I have a confession to make here. I used to think that all lives matter, right? Like that I would say that and I'm I don't I don't necessarily think that 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 that, that like my my mindset was wrong that I had ill intention. But what I failed to realize was that the movement like Black Lives Matter is not a movement that's saying nobody else is life matters like uh, saying black lives matters doesn't say you're not saying that white lives don't matter or that asian lives don't matter or you it's just you're just saying it's 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 deep but it's surface as well like you're you're saying black people matter like it does it and i think that so many people are defensive in that state like right especially white people like well well, well all lives matter like right. uh, it shouldn't just be black people that matter it's like listen like why are you so insecure that it's a it's a controversial statement to say that black lives matter you, like yeah. it, it becomes a controversial statement where y- you almost like you can't just leave it alone. Like people feel the need to like give it so much more and it doesn't, it's right. So what I, I hope that I'm conveying that in the right way. So what, what I hope, like what, what I hope comes like about this is that people 
begin to like for me and and I only speak for myself as I've had this conversation with you Topaz where you realize that like silence is agreement we understand that right you're you're either on you're there's a line drawn and you're on one side there are two sides right and I I said it before, like if you're focused on violent violent or riots about a, a billion dollar corporation that has insurance on everything, and the owner has literally come out and say that he's not going to lose any money off this because that's what business insurance is literally for, then you, you obviously see like that person's like that person's heart, right? Because if if for anybody, regardless of anything, to say that val like that that property is more important than life yeah. that's what we're that's like that's what you're focusing on right is like that this property this ten dollar toothbrush or this four hundred dollar tv is more important than like the lives that are going on and so with all that being said is that people begin to look like deep like within themselves and and realize that you like real like racism really does like come in all forms like it doesn't have to be aggressive like i really do believe that like what you were saying like i was i talked about this on the last episode like i was brought up to be racist like from school books seeing black slaves and chains and being hung upside down like these were in my textbooks right you're brought up to perceive and have that subconscious outlook where you're never you see the white man in the prominent position you see like the asian person in the intelligent position thinking yeah. of like technology and stuff you see the hispanic person as a hard worker a go-getter you see, and then you see like the black person like being the servant you know what i mean and that and so subconsciously it creates this stereo like you know what i mean like that's and what i'm trying to say is, i mean it's a prejudice stereotype it, it is a stereotype the definition and, of racism it's prejudice and, and we're taught like i i can't speak for you I, I was taught that from a very young age like it was just in my textbooks and you never think anything of it but thinking of it now having these conversations doing this research about shit that's not in textbooks like there's hundreds of these riots that aren't in textbooks and and i'm sure that the watts riot which is the first one that i learned about probably was only in a textbook because it was covered by the media that's at the time the 50s like the media was starting to become bigger was starting to become more mainstream so you can't hide it so you might as well spin it in a narrative that works for you if that makes yeah. sense yeah and talking about and then taking it further you're talking about like defunding the police and i know everyone has like a, a thought about that and my thought is is that there needs to be less mili militarization like walking down the street and more funding going into communities so that that commission that we, I was talking about with you earlier, Topaz, the Kerner Commission, that was President Johnson after the hot summer, the riots in the 50s were like 150 riots had happened in one year all across the country. The, the president, Lyndon B. Johnson, made a commission to do research on the, the real research on why this was happening and research came back and said because you're consolidating them into projects in urban communities and you're not giving funding to education and you're not uh, 
diversifying like the living like where people live and all of this is going to create more negative impact 30 years later they did a like a, a checkup on that report turns out they were right and the president blatantly ignored it and the only reason he did that 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 report was to appease the people who were wanting to have information so people need to understand like that this is real like you can't i'm saying a lot of words but you can't deny that it's real you have to like you got to educate yourself yes you know and don't rely on information that you solely learned in school right because you know we learned about the holocaust and that was like the greatest loss of life but you know think about think about how they talk about i'm sorry to cut you off but think about how they talk about america was found like we white people, Christopher Columbus did not find America. He Dude. and that is factual. Like literally in the textbooks, it says Christopher Columbus found America, but when he got here, there were a bunch of Native Americans. What? Well, then he didn't find America. <laughs> and they and and but they the way they spin that narrative is that he did. And then we have Christopher Columbus Day, and then you know you have all this thing celebrating Christopher Columbus and. The everybody that came over here and Thanksgiving and and all this stuff and like I love Thanksgiving like I love food but like after learning like about all this stuff like that's probably not a good holiday to really be celebrating. Think about it like think about how traumatizing that is to like Native Americans and like Indigenous people. We're celebrating a person who came over here and slaughtered my ancestors, you know, moved me off my land exposed us to all of these diseases smallpox and we're celebrating him we get a day off work and you know i can't trace back my lineage because of this individual i think it's the same thing with these confederate statues that are coming down like i do not i have no remorse that somebody beheaded christopher columbus in boston or that the slave um trader in london they took his statue and threw it in the the river and then i think it's so poignant and beautiful that black folks are giving speeches on the the stone block where the statue used to stand so it's like i understand that it's history i understand that it's an important history but having you know monuments to Confederate leaders who, you know, wanted to keep slavery going is not a great day to you, spend walking through the park. Do you guys know if like Germany has any like public statues of Hitler anywhere no. in public space? Like, could I you mean, imagine actually, how bizarre that would be? I think that they actually tried to like forget no. about Hitler. Yeah, like, sure, yeah, <laughs> I imagine why. But like well, I'm not I'm not talking about a museum. I'm talking about a public space, a public statue. Is there any statues of Hitler? I don't. I don't think so. And I think for no. good reasons. And I, I feel like I read somewhere that the Germans are very serious about that. Like you do not do Nazi anything, and it's like so, you don't play. But it is part of their history. So I. I and I, I want to say this to all the listeners that are defending the Confederate statues are pieces of history. I really want you to think about this. Why is it that you know Germany? One of the most famous countries in World War II for having, you know, a, a fascist leader like Hitler. They don't honor their history at all. But yet when it comes to America, the only time that we actually had civil war, 
the Confederates were actually, you could think of like, they, they, they literally rebelled against the government, which is, was that tyranny? What is that? Uh, there was the official insubordination. Uh, yes. Mm. And yet we celebrate them by hanging up their statue, not in a museum, not in a textbook, but an actual public statue that's paid by taxpayers dollars. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, just let's get rid of the statue. Let's put let's put something more um, liberating or more uh, progressive that that you know still cherishes our history. But let's do a different different type of history besides the Confederates. Like, they have better history than that. Do you know that there is a, a black man in chains on Monument Circle? It's on one of the sides. Is you it have, really? Yeah, you have one side of it. There's a black, you see a black man on his knees in chains, like with his hands up. And then on the other side, it shows him as a soldier. So he went from being a slave to a soldier. But yeah, when well, next time you're down there, look around it. I had to do a whole report in school wow. on it. So I was they- thinking that when we were at that the rally uh, at the state house, and there, like when you're facing Washington Street. And there is, I, I know it's not a Confederate monument, but so I was, I spent most of the rally kind of catty corner on the, like uh, Washington and Senate, like that's where uh, I was. And when we walked over to where you were, I was thinking to myself, like, what if this got rowdy and everybody started to pull down, you know, that monument, that guy that's right there. I don't know exactly who or what he is. But I'm, I saw people like sitting around it and I'm just, I envision my, like envision like, what if people just start pulling this shit down? That would be great. I would love to see something like that, but I've never thought about that perspective, Mike, about Germany celebrating Hitler. And I don't know, I don't know the details, whether they do in any, I, I do know that like, they're not proud of it, obviously, and maybe that's because they lost, but, and, but are we I've proud never, of the I, civil war? I guess I, I don't know. I, I, I'm I, maybe not, some people are, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm not necessarily proud of it, but I've never thought about it. Like Germany doesn't celebrate their loss in a glorious fashion. America yet does celebrate it. And I don't think it's because it's a loss. I think it's because it's this, like this, I don't know how familiar you are. Like, I, you know, we spent that year in there. You spent a couple of years in Texas, Mike. I've spent about five years of my life uh, down there. And the heritage is just so much different yeah, than, it is. than it is in the North. And they, like, if you go down to Kentucky, like, it's still very, very, like, like just not great you know what i mean like i and i and i unfortunately like have family members who are like a part of that generation where like they'll just say stupid shit and they're like i'm not racist what do you mean like if you in any way like it like if you if you have like this a derogatory comment then that means that you feel some type of way like mike topaz I have known both of you for so long. Like I, I have no desire to say like, I can't stand Mike or like Topaz gets on my nerves. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, because I don't have a bad feeling towards you, but people who like are just like, it's the way it's always been. That shit just, I don't know. 
very recently I've been thinking about such things and it's like, just because it's been like that, it does not excuse. Like I'm very thankful that I think going forward, people are going to be more, and this is another thing going to be more confident calling bullshit on their inner, their inner circle, which is something that I've had to do here very recently uh, is, is taught is speak to someone and be like, Hey, you're racist. Like, I didn't say it in so many words, but it's like you wanting to say like these things like that makes you racist. Like it, you, you might not just come out and blatantly say these, like these negative kind con- of condensations, like condemnations. I don't know what word I'm looking for, but you get it. it but like when you have to defend like all lives matter or this or that, like that, like that's kind of racist. Like, I don't know if it is, it's not kind of like it is racist. I guess technically it is kind of racist, but I think because the all lives matter misunderstanding and it's a big misunderstanding. One of the best examples I heard to to basically end the all lives matter argument. It's imagine you have a subdivision, a house house is on fire and then you have a did we share this last week on the episode? No, but it is a very good. It's a great one. Please continue. I apologize for you're fine. So the house is on fire. The firefighters show up and are putting out the house. And imagine people stopping the firefighters and go, listen, listen, all houses matter. And they go, well, yeah, we know. But right now, this is the one on fire. Well, the house that's on fire is the black community and what they're having to put up with, with all the, uh, you know, the police brutality that, like, I think we touched on this last episode. Police brutality affects everybody, but it affects the black community more because they're the ones more receptive to being taken advantage of because of all of these microaggressions and these prejudices and these systems set up. And so that's, that's the point of the all lives matter is yes, all lives do matter, but right now we're just trying to get the black community back up to where everyone else is at. And so we can all lives can matter. So I, I, uh, I want to like, take a step back like towards like the riots and just like touch on a, on a few. Right. So a few more. And like I said, just like, just summarize it. So, you know, I think we left it like in the 1950s, that's, that's when the riots in Watts happened, right? Wyatt's and mm-hmm. Rod, what that was, we're just, I, I'm going to summarize it. You tell me if I'm wrong, but that was bl- police brutality. Like that essentially like what happened right there was police yeah police brutality yeah so it was a routine like um traffic traffic stop stop, and um these two brothers were pulled out one got into a scuffle with the police the other got out got involved mother got involved they all got arrested and the community which was you know low income people of color um came out and saw all these police and like you know all these people being arrested and they started attacking the police um what was it there was it was august 11 1965 lasted six days there were um and 34 deaths like as a result of like this supposed to be routine traffic stop and and so i i this might be something we need to edit out too because i might not be very correct here but you you brought up Malcolm X earlier and one and this 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 right here this is like this is something that I was like that was I, like that for whatever reason this assumption was like drilled into me is that like 
So the Watts riots happened, and as a result, like gangs started to come into play in those areas to protect the neighborhoods, right? Like, like, like gangs, like for example, like the Bloods and the Crips, right? Like they were not they were not created to do like what initially has been happening, selling drugs and, you know, like living that like an illegal lifestyle. Like they were initially created to protect the communities because the police would not. Right. And then some years went on and then, and then Malcolm X became very prevalent and that move, like the black Panther movement became very prevalent. And a lot of those gang members joined the Malcolm X movements so got it backwards it, i got it backwards it was okay. the the black panther movement was started by huey newton as a free lunch program for women and children um they taught you know black history black education they're very pro black everything um and they were considered a terrorist group because they were defending themselves against the KKK and police. Um, and then in the midst of that, a lot of gangs like within LA did start in order to protect the neighborhood. Um, and they got into the lifestyle of, you know, drugs as a way as an income because they weren't afforded any other options, you know, educations, they had poor educations, poor education systems, you know, a single family household because the father is most likely incarcerated. Um, mind you, this is, you know, the start of the war on drugs too. So um, Malcolm X was the very much pro-black, very much, I would say, for Black people having their own and creating their own. Um, and I think I already said, like, by any means necessary. Like, we've tried the peaceful protest, um, and it's not working. What, what, um, what happened between... Like, and, and, and this, I'm coming once again from a place of like, I just don't know, right? So I'm inquiring, what is the different, and this it might sound stupid, I apologize, but like, but what's like really like the massive differences between like Martin Luther King Jr. and like Malcolm X, right? Like they're both like totally like pro, like black life, like black life, like they're trying to promote the black community. Like one is more peaceful, one is by any means necessary, but for whatever reason, for whatever reason, I feel like Malcolm X, like people like outside the black community almost like tried to disregard like what he did, right? Because like, for whatever reason, it's, I I feel like he's not outside the black community. He's not as valued as like, I understand the value of Martin Luther King and Martin Luther King Jr. Right. And and I don't, I'm not trying to disregard any of that. Like, and, but I'm a much more knowledgeable on who they are. But yeah. for whatever reason, like, I'm not, I don't have that knowledge. And it, it's, you know, obviously I haven't like been intentional about looking it up, but was there something specific that happened there or like kind of what happened to that movement? Martin Luther King was more palatable to, palatable to the white community. He was much more easy to absorb and, and ingest and to kind of see his point of view, right? He was a young Black preacher. He was very much 
no violence, just sit here, let's just be peaceful, let's just be quiet, not quiet, but let's, you know, do this in a way where we don't get hurt, they don't get hurt, there's no property damage, and we can be heard. Let's march on Selma, let's, you know, that's kind of the start of a a peaceful protest, like marching on Selma. They were still met with tear gas and riot batons and all that during that protest. And um, Malcolm X was Muslim and he was incarcerated for a time. Um, I can't remember why he got arrested. And that's where he learned um, that religion. And when he came out, he was very much of, you know, I don't want to live in harmony with white people. I want to build and create our own, live separately and flourish and y'all leave us alone we'll leave you alone yeah. whereas martin luther king more so wanted to be a part of the community right and, ex- you, and accepted do you what what do you think of that what do you do you what what idea is is more appealing to you personally the idea of integration or the idea of isolation i think i can pick from both and I say that because they were both assassinated. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't seem to matter if we're peaceful or if we're, um, you know, I can't think of the word, militant. Um, I want to be a part of this community. I want to be a part of the community as an American citizen with Black folks, white folks, all types of folk. Um, But... Right now, it feels like even with all the protests going on and the, you know, companies coming out saying that they support Black Lives Matter, it almost seems like for me personally, like I need to prepare in order to defend myself. Like as a Black woman in America, I feel like I have a target on my back. So I need to protect myself by any means necessary. Like I'm, I'm shoot first, ask questions later. Like if you're coming into my house trying to attack me based on the color of my skin, if I see you attacking or, you know, a person of color being racist, I'm going to defend them. So it's a mix of both. I want to be peaceful. I don't, I don't want to cause riots. I don't want to burn down buildings, but I want to be heard. So So, ideally, oh, go ahead, Mike. About I wanted to chime in on the uh, the Malcolm X versus Martin Luther King Jr. I heard I don't know if this is a valid source, but uh, Stan Lee, the author of the Marvel comics, he actually based when he was writing the X Men comics, he based Xavier off of Martin Luther King Jr. and he based the character of Magneto off of Malcolm X. And what I mean by that was Xavier was more of a hopeful. Oh, the mutants and the humans can live together. We can flourish. We can. He was like a, like charismatic speaker where Magneto was more of the realist of, oh, we'll never get along. We need to, you know, build our mutant empire and just leave us alone. And, and I think that kind of sums up for those <laughs> that are X-Men fans that they can kind of understand, you know, the, the, the contrast between Malcolm X and uh, Martin Luther King Jr. So, yeah. What, uh, so everything that's going on now, you know we've we've covered we've covered the past and i think we've done a good job of explaining where where emotions are coming from where 
uh, you know, let's not even sugarcoat it, like where aggression could come from and like understand why that's there, like understand like why some of these violent tendencies could be there, but also understanding that through research, most of this has been antagonized and most of this yeah. is like through defense, right? You don't think about it. I never did because of like the way that we're taught. And if it doesn't, I, 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 this is white privilege. If it doesn't affect you, then why dig deeper into it, right? Like sure. the ability to disassociate is privilege, right? And so we've we've covered these things and, and we've tried to give, you know, for, for me, especially like I've been very vulnerable on this episode about some things and I, but I also want to not just talk about the past. I want to talk about like the future. We kind of like, we kind of touched on it and I want to, the future, the future, obviously, which is ideal is that we can all like cohabitate and, and harmonize. And it's very, very exciting to think that I'm not sure for you, Topaz, because this is something that you've had to deal with you know, your whole life, as opposed to, and I can't speak for Mike, I can only speak for myself, for someone like me, who I I am ashamed to admit, but like, at the same time, like, sl- proud to admit that, like, I feel like a part of this now. Like, it's, I'm ashamed to admit that, like, I've been so close to you so long and not, and not been a part of it, like, but now I do, and now I kind of feel like there is, like, hope here, like, for example, I think it sucks that we had to like for the officers to be arrested, right? Like it took this much. It took this much effort, right? But they were arrested, right? So we're seeing evidence. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and we're seeing now how I think that I just saw in Minnesota where they're not allowing like the knee, like that type of hold to be allowed, like where you cannot place your knee on them like that anymore. Yeah. So it's I, I, I think that people right now were that the world is in this very weird and complicated space where we're 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 kind of semi quarantined like most of the country's kind of opening back up like halfway but we're still also very aware that like this is going on and so the way that the future looks is I'm I'm curious of what like what success that if does this make sense like what does success look like for like the the black community as like what is trying to be accomplished here yeah i think that the police brutality part is the first piece and you talked about you know the four officers being arrested you know the the no knee chokehold in the brianna taylor case they've suspended the no knock warrants i don't know if you heard about her police busted in shot her eight times um and then charged her was her boyfriend boyfriend for shooting um, back yeah. Back. yeah. Um, and, you know, they just released the police incident and it's virtually non-existent. There's no information. Right. So I think yeah. a future that I would like to look forward to is, you know, racial equality and justice. Like it's been too long that most of America had no idea that this was going on or they chose to disassociate so it really wasn't affecting them. 
And I think something to realize is that Black folks is tired. Like, it's like, how do you not know that this is happening across the country? And now we're like, you know, having these conversations, which makes me hopeful. And I'm thankful to have this platform to be able to speak. And I'm grateful to have Jonathan as a friend, like, through all the things that we've been through, because, you know, he's man enough to admit he made a mistake and that he was wrong, but now wants to be a part of something. And I I hope that more white people see that and realize that, okay, I can be a part of the change too, because Black people have been saying this for years. And a lot of white people don't realize that your weight care, your voice carries more weight than sure. mine does. Yeah. Um, we can say the exact same thing, but they'll listen to Jonathan and I'll be the angry, angry black woman. So I'm hopeful that more people will have a change of heart and realize that, that you know, this isn't a black person problem. We did not create the system. So we are going to need white people to help us change the system that we've been complaining about for so long and just realizing that there's that the system isn't perfect it's 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 not a black versus white thing it's like a racist against yes it's like everybody against the racist and i think that's what it needs to be and i'm very hopeful you know sometimes i just need a spark of good news on social media when you see like um there was a young black man on his knees and this this white girl did not hesitate. She jumped over the fence and knelt in front of him with her hands up like, you are not about to do this. Um, so I think that there's there's beauty in that and there's solidarity in that. And I am hopeful for the future, but you know, 2020 ain't been nice. Exactly. I uh, I think it's, it's just very, it's, I think that a lot of people who are on the fence, right? So there are people who are just fucking racist. Like they're just racist. They, they That's just who they are. That's the way they've been. That's the way they'll always be. There is no changing that. And then, and then there are people who, once again, I, I will just be vulnerable, who kind of were like me. And it's like, I'm, I'm not racist. Like, I'm not going to treat I'm not going to treat any color any differently, but I'm also not going to like, I'm also not overly concerned because it doesn't concern me. You know, it's like, I am, I'm here for the moment. I'm here for you, like for you, right? If something had happened for you, I would come to your aid, but I know you, I'm personally involved with you, right? Like somebody, you know, for like, it's for the, a lot of these other examples, like Brianna Taylor, like I, I heard about her, I know about her, I know that story, but I don't know, like I'm not, I don't feel that, right? Like I don't feel that like you would, or I, I don't feel that like that. Maybe I would if Mike, that had happened to Mike at being, you know, another white person, right? And th- what I what I am very hopeful for is all of those people who were in the middle, who didn't were silent right who were silent who like and I think that's the majority I think the majority of people are in the middle there who they're not racist they're but they're also not like posting on social media constantly for social justice and things like that is that those people will 
come to the aid of equality and will will come to the side of equality. And I, in my social media circle, I have noticed that. I noticed that there are people who previously did not acknowledge this and now acknowledge it every single day, right? And I, and I, and I, we can't speak for how long that will last, but we can speak for that through sheer numbers, through sheer numbers, right? Like that accountability will be present, right? So if, if everybody knows the police is like doing dumb stuff, then anybody who's out and sees a police encounter, they're, I'm automatically like, where's my phone? Like, let's yeah. go up. It's like a scene of fight in high school. It's like, you don't have to know the details. Like, like let's go watch, right? And so people now who are more aware of the, the bullshit that's going on, they are going to be able to have an involvement. Like, if even if it's just like that girl you were just talking about who goes and places herself between the officers and the, and the black person, that, that, that solidarity is like, I'm not gonna... I don't know the details here, but I know that you guys are, are harming this community enough that this is necessary, that people who are civilians and have absolutely no, uh, no, like no reason to like, like for a specific person, like they know that like so much BS is going on that, that now they feel the need to step in. Right. And that solidarity is, just through sheer numbers is, is going, I, I can't speak for the impact it will make, but I believe that an impact is being made and will continue to be made through the sheer numbers of people who are more aware now, who can't disassociate, who are sitting in their house because they work from home, they're too scared to leave, they, they're told they can't leave, they don't have anywhere to go, and so they have the internet and they're looking at these videos. And previously, you know, with, when it, when this, when then these videos would come of somebody being, of, of black people being murdered, that they could just watch the next video. Right now, there's not a next video. Right now, there's this video and this reality. And then you, doing the research, you realize that this is not a now problem. This has been a problem, period. Yeah. I want you and, to think yeah. about, so um, if let's say the situation with Breonna Taylor like happened with me. They had the wrong house and they came in with no warrant, no knock and shot me. And you would, I have a feeling you would, you would tear this mother brother up, Jonathan. Right. I, I would feel definitely some type of way. Like I, I would feel personal. I would be personally involved in that situation. Yes. So for the black community, like when we see these things, she looks like she could be my sister. Like she looks like she could be my cousin. Same thing with George Floyd. That could have been my daddy. That could have been my uncle. So it's like, I see my family in these people who are being shot and killed unjustly. And I charge you to do that. Like, okay, this is just not another unarmed black person. This could have been Willie. This is not another unarmed black woman who got pulled over. This could have been Amanda. Like, that's the reality of the situation. I think we need to stop looking at it as, you know, I don't know them, so I disassociate. Just see me when you see these, like, black people being shot and killed. Because it's real. Like, that's why it's so traumatizing. Because it looks like, you know, we, they could be my family at a family reunion. 
and you know i watched them take their last breath i i can't imagine i'm here now topaz thank you so much for joining us no problem. Um, two, two episodes in a row we're definitely gonna have to have you back on the show we'll try and give you a week off thank you <laughs> so but thank you for joining us jonathan thanks always for being here with me so i'm not by myself yeah no problem buddy and thanks to all of you for tuning in. This is episode 10 of the Moderate. We are the Moderate Millennials. Uh, you can check us out on the Facebook and YouTube. Uh, you can find our most current episodes on Spotify and iTunes. Please engage with us on the Facebook. Please engage with us on the Twitter. We want to hear from you guys. Let us know what you think of this episode. Let us know what you think about the protests. Uh, if you think they'll continue or if you agree, disagree, we want to hear your opinion we want to discuss just please be civil in the comments and we'll be civil with you all right everybody thanks again so much and we'll see you guys next time